Today at, at all of Hope's campuses, we're starting a brand new series, and it's called The Dream Giver. And it's called The Dream Giver, and it's based off of a book um, by Bruce Wilkinson. And I'm um, going to talk about that uh, in a little bit. This series is going is to take us all the way through the end of November. And if you haven't read this book uh, before, it looks a little something like this. It's by Bruce Wilkinson. It's a, it's a really short book. It's a quick read. And we have about 15 copies over there uh, at the Welcome Center. If you're interested in that, we can get plenty more. Uh, but stop on by uh, over at the Welcome Center. And if you're interested in that, um, this is what we're going to be talking about for a little over the next month. So we encourage you uh, to pick that up. And, and as we go through this series, um, this is one of those that you could miss if your heart's not engaged. It's one of those series that could just kind of pass you by and you could say, oh, that's for kids. That's for children. I don't really need dreams. That's just kind of a childish thing, but it could be one of those series that actually grabs you a little bit. That, that makes you want to sit in your seat a little bit longer and that maybe you're not going to rush out so quick because God's stirring in something in you and you just can't move on with your day because God's stirring something inside of you that you can't just shove under the rug. You can't go on without addressing some of the issues I think we're going to dig into and hopefully that we'll dive deeper into your heart and to God's heart ultimately. And so I wonder, what would it look like for you to really engage your heart over the next several weeks and not just your head? Because we can sit here week after week and it's pretty easy to be audience members, isn't it? <laughs> to just kind of sit back there and you got your coffee and you got your bulletin and you're set and I'm going to hear some words from the pastor and then I'm going to head on with my week. But what if God arrested your heart over the next few weeks? What if God did something in your heart that you couldn't just keep on going on with your life as ordinary? So we're basing this series on this book called Dream Giver uh, by, by Bruce Wilkinson, who is not just giving this idea lip service. And we're going to talk a little bit about this book today, but Bruce is not just some guy writing a book about dreams. He's lived some because he allowed God to speak into his heart. And uh, Bruce was a successful leader. Bruce had everything in, in the eyes of the world that would make somebody feel like they have arrived. He was a successful leader. He had a large house. He had multiple cars. He had a beautiful wife. He had a great family, right? The American dream. Comfortable. Familiar. Ordinary. And one day it struck him, I'm tired of just getting by. I'm tired of living the ordinary life. And so he had the faith to pursue some things that God has put on his heart. In fact, his big dream. And this book that we're going to be working through together is a testament to that big dream. And he doesn't want to just have it himself. He wants to bring you into that and say, what is it that God has laid on your heart today? And so we encourage you uh, to pick up that book if you'd like to dig a little bit deeper into this. The problem with his life with it was that it was simply fine. Okay, ordinary, and living a okay, comfortable, fine, ordinary life is okay for a while by little by little, as maybe some of you have discovered, it starts to eat at you. It starts to eat at you that maybe just going through the motions of my everyday life is not filling that hole in my soul. There's something missing. And I wonder, does that describe your life today? If somebody asked you, how are you doing? And you just said, fine. Okay. Well, that's fine, but are you thriving? 
or are you surviving? What would describe your life today and is there more? Do you believe that there's more? Sometimes films can speak to us much deeper than words could ever describe. And last year, a film came out that absolutely gripped my heart. And if you know anything about me, I like my epic war movies, right? I like Braveheart, and I like Gladiator, and all sorts of things. And, uh, and, and so this, this movie just gripped me. And it wasn't a great epic movie. It wasn't a motivational sports movie. It was that highly masculine, really, movie for, for, for tough, you know, buff, strong guys. Disney Pixar's Up. And Up tells the story of a 78-year-old man named Carl, Carl Fredrickson. And at the beginning of the movie, it's kind of sad. And I'm sitting there in the theater thinking I'm going to some goofy children's movie. And I'm sitting there with my wife. And all of a sudden, about 10 minutes into the movie, we're crying. And I go, it's a Disney movie. Why am I crying, right? And we're not going to watch the whole movie today. But I'm going to show you a couple parts that I think illustrates where we're going with this series. And we're going to actually start a little bit farther into the movie and then back up as we go along. But Carl's wife, the love of his life, eventually passes away and he's left to be a grumpy old man. And his life is fine. It's ordinary. It's mundane. It's the same thing over and over and over again. This is long before Carl ever realizes that God has placed on his heart a big dream. And so, yes, this may be a little humorous, but I think it's a good starting point, a launching pad for maybe what some of us are feeling today. Is your life ordinary like Carl's? Let's take a look. Okay, maybe that's a little bit extreme. That's not your morning routine, but that's Carl's morning routine, and he goes through all of that. His main passion, his main reason for getting out of bed in the morning and living another day is to sit on his porch and watch the world pass him by. Okay, ordinary, fine. And at the beginning of this book called The Dream Giver, Wilkinson tells of a very similar story. And this character's name is Ordinary. Not long ago and not far away land, a nobody named Ordinary lived in a land called Familiar. Every day was pretty much the same for Ordinary. In the mornings, he got up and went to his usual job. After after work, he ate the same dinner he'd eaten the evening before. Then he sat in his recliner and he watched the box, the television, that memorized most nobodies on most nights. Sometimes, best friend came over to join Ordinary and they would sit and watch the box. Sometimes, Ordinary went to his parents' And they watched the box together. For the most part, not much happened in familiar land that hadn't happened before. And so our character named Ordinary thought he was content. He found routines reliable. He just blended in with the crowd. And mostly, he wanted only what he had, nothing more. Until that one day. Until the day that Ordinary noticed a small nagging feeling, that something was missing from his life, or maybe the feeling was that he was missing from something big, and he wasn't quite sure. 
Well, that little feeling inside of him grew, even though nobody's in the land of familiar didn't generally expect the unexpected. But ordinary, deep inside, began to wish for it. I wonder, as I just read that short passage, what was stirring in your heart and mind as I read that? Is it, boy, I'm sure glad my life is not like that, or is it, yeah, you pretty much hit it on the head. For all of us, I think we felt that way at one time or another, and maybe that sounds familiar to you. For some of you, yes. For others, well, it's not that bad, you might say. But the truth for all of us today is that on the outside, there is the external story of our lives. I believe that in every single one of our lives, we have an external story and we have an internal story. And that external story of our lives is the one that everybody sees. The one that everybody sees when you came into worship this morning. Your outside story is your life at work, your life at play, your life at church, the life of your family and friends, paying the bills, going grocery shopping, going for a jog, and eventually getting older and older and older and looking stranger and stranger and stranger in the mirror. That's the external story of your life. That's what most people see. And this external story is the identity that most people know you with. Oh, that's Bob. He works for Wells Fargo. Oh, that's Mary. She's a teacher in Windsor Heights, and she has two children. Oh, the Smiths, they have that great lawn over on Kingman Boulevard, and, and, and they have some children that behave sometimes. And the list goes on and on. That's what you're known by. What's the first thing you do when you meet somebody? Oh, what do you do? That is the external story of our lives. Who really knows you? Who knows the internal story of your lives? And sadly, I think in the world that we live in, and all of you have probably experienced this at one time or another, or you're the cause of this, sometimes in that fast-paced external story of our lives, what's more important, busyness or things that have deep meaning? What is valued higher, efficiency or creativity? Are the relationships in your life today more about love or what you can get in return? That's the external story of our lives sometimes. We hate to admit it, but this is the world that so many of us live in. And no matter how hard we try, we get pulled into it pretty easy. Let me ask you this. When's the last time that you slowed down enough to just watch people? To just look at... Does anybody like to people watch? Oh, good. I'm not the only one. Okay. Because you're going to think your pastor is a creepo. I'm not that weird guy that's at the mall staring at you that your neighbors are creeped out by. Um, So I'm at the mall this past week, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm I'm on assignment. I'm working. And uh, I'm just watching people. I'm just watching people. What, what do I see? What's the first thing that pops out? That People aren't acting this way on purpose. It's just who they are. It's the external story facade of their lives. And what do I see? Tiredness. Just kind of dragging. Weighed down. Burdensome. Overwhelmed. Just a sense of anxiety. Something that you can see very, very clearly. Most of the people that I saw did not live in a state of rest. 
It was, get my kid in order, get my marriage in order, get, get, get done shopping and, and hurry up and eat that food so we can get home and get on to our next thing and move on with our lives. And there's no sense of peace and there's no sense of rest that we're promised. And I am guilty of it too. We're all guilty of it. That's the external story that a lot of you are living right now. But on the other hand, I know that for a lot of us here today, the external story of our lives is one of pain and brokenness. And for the longest time, maybe as long as you can remember, your identity is based on some bad choices that you made in the past. And it's based on some deep pain that you experienced when you were growing up. And sometimes instead of your identity being your name, child of God, your name, son of God or daughter of God, this is what your identity is in the external story of your life. Divorced. Widowed. Abandoned. Alcoholic. Mistake. Screwed up. Abused. That's the identity that we live in. And every choice that we make and the way that we think and perceive ourselves is based on the circumstances that have happened to us instead of the identity of the one who created us, of who he says we are. And so we say to each other and we say to ourselves, that's just about it. That's... It's all people know about me, so that must be all that matters. Right? But maybe in all this, just like our character in the book today, named Ordinary, at some point in your life, you've asked, wait a minute, is this what I was created for? Is, is there a different story than besides the external story of our lives? Is there an internal story, a story of the heart? And just as real as some of those identities can be, and just as real as some of the pain that I know that you're experiencing today, just as real as that, and I know that this is true for every single one of us because I know who created every single one of us, just as real is that still, small voice that has never left every single one of us, and sometimes when it's quiet... And you're laying in your bed at night. Sometimes you can still hear it. You can still hear that still, small voice amidst all the clamor and all the noise of our lives. And as you're sitting there and you get really quiet and you say, God, there's got to be something more. There's got to be something more than what I'm experiencing right now. And then you hear that voice that says calmly and quietly and boldly, there is more. There is so much more. Why don't you stop hiding? Why don't you stop playing it safe? You were made for something so much more, and you know it. And then the alarm goes off. And then the next day starts, and you rush in the next day, and you brush your teeth, and you 
do what our friend Carl just did. (sighs) Another day. And then maybe a month goes by or a couple months goes by and you remember that little nagging inside my heart, that hole inside my soul, that just won't go away no matter what I try to fill it with. Because our hearts are so important. Some of you have never been told that your heart matters. And yes, sometimes it's filled with sin. But ultimately, because of who Jesus is and because of what he's done for us, because he came and died for us so that we could be set right with God, your heart today is good. Because the spirit of the living God lives there. Has anyone ever told you That you have a story beyond your pain, beyond what everybody else sees. A couple weeks ago, we talked about how important it is to guard your heart because it matters. And Proverbs 4.23 says this, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. And why are we called to guard our hearts above all else? Because later in Paul's writings, he says, you can lose heart. Paul actually, Paul actually says this in, in the book of Hebrews. Do not grow weary and lose heart. You ever felt that way? You ever felt that way? It's not just physical tiredness. Something's missing from my life. I've lost heart. It's not there anymore. And when we lose heart, we lose that all-important, deeper story that's at the core of who every single one of us is. And in that internal story, inside of our hearts, is the deeper truth of who you are and why you were created. Because to lose heart, if you feel that way today, to lose heart is to lose everything. Because it's the internal story that really matters. In fact, Jesus says it's the key to life. And he says this, it's up on the screen, let's read this together, this is what Jesus says. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? You can have everything. You can have everything that you've ever wanted. And on the outside, on the external story of your life, yeah, it makes sense. You've gained everything, but really, you've gained everything. Nothing. Because God says, I do not look at what man looks at. I look at the heart. So do you feel like you've lost heart today? And has it been because of the stress of life? Has it been maybe that you've just got lost in the land of familiar? Maybe you've got lost in the pressure. Maybe you've got lost in the pain. But the good news for every single one of us today is that Jesus promised for the people back then where he lived and the people like us sitting here today is the same. And much like we're sitting here today, there was a feast at the temple and everybody was gathered around the synagogue and there was a big old party going on. And Jesus actually stood up right in the middle of the crowd and he said this, is anybody thirsty? I'm not talking about water drink thirsty he said is anybody thirsty and then he said this come to me come to me and drink and he says for the water that i give you will be a spring of life 
will be a fountain welling up to eternal life. Jesus says, if you're thirsty, if you're sitting there today and you're saying, there has to be something more than what I'm experiencing. I believe God. I have faith. Maybe I've been a Christian for a long time, but it's just kind of become ho-hum. My Christian life is just kind of plateaued. And Jesus stands up to that crowd and he stands up to every single one of us today and he says, come to me. Come to me and drink. If you're thirsty for more, come to me and get filled up, Jesus says. And Jesus' desire for every single one of us today is to experience that life. John 10.10, my favorite verse in all of scripture. Jesus says this, I have come that you might have life. I have come that you might have life. Not okay. Jesus didn't say, I have come that you might have ordinary days. I have come that you would be fine. That doesn't get you excited. That doesn't get you out of bed in the morning. Jesus says, I have come that you might have life. And I love, there's a, there's a quote from St. Arrhenius, and he's one of the, the famous church fathers from old, and he says this, The glory of God, the thing that pleases God and gives God the most glory, is when man is fully alive. The glory of God is man fully alive. And I asked myself that this past week. I said, John, do you feel fully alive? And in what areas of my life do I not feel fully alive? So really, that's God's desire for me. Life. To be fully alive. Not just getting by. Not just the ordinary. Not wallowing in guilt. And not wallowing in the things of the past. Life. And that's Jesus' offer to every single one of us today. And not only that, but as we dig into this series called The Dream Giver, do you believe that God has placed a purpose and a deep desire in your heart to break out of the ordinary and discover that your identity is much more than ordinary? You have a dream giver, and he is the one that created you. And he knows you better than anybody else. Because this, this whole idea of having a big dream and let's let off balloons into the sky and, and it'll be great and we have dreams, right? And it's just a bunch of hocus pocus. It's not about thinking happy thoughts. It's not about making God our genie and say, God, I want you to make me happy. God, I want you to just do whatever I want you to do. It's not about our agenda. It's about his heart. And that at some point that our dreams become God's dreams. And those two paths line up. And it's there that we find life. And our character named Ordinary, well, this starts to make sense for him. So picking up the story where we left, I just want to read you a short passage. It says this. Time passed. And then one morning, Ordinary woke up. And he had these words echoing in his mind. What you're missing, you already have. What you're missing, you already have. And could it be, he asked? Ordinary looked and looked, and then he discovered in the small corner of his heart lay a big dream. And the big dream spoke to him, and it said, you're not a nobody. That you were made to be somebody. And you were destined to achieve great things. For some of you, over this next month as we talk about discovering your big dream, 
For some of you, the first step in the process is to just get your heart back. To invite God to heal, to mend, to forgive, to soften, whatever he needs to do so that your heart can be opened up to the possibility that there is a dream giver and that he's placed a desire for so much more, a big dream in that very heart of yours. And maybe today your heart feels weak, worn out, and maybe even lifeless. And I have this image That if your heart feels like that today, I believe that God wants to take that heart. Maybe it feels dead, maybe it feels lifeless, maybe it just feels ho-hum. And I believe that today God wants to take your heart, and I believe he wants to start massaging it. Not beating on it like, come on, be a better person, get your life in order, shape up, read the Bible more, pray more, come to church more, come on, you can do it. I believe that God wants to take your heart, and I believe that he wants to massage it slowly back to life to where it's beating and it's overflowing with joy. Maybe for the first time to have your heart come fully alive and when your heart is beating again, God says, now, now it's time to start dreaming. Do you remember what your dreams were? Growing up, that grumpy old man that you saw earlier today used to be a young boy, little Carl. And long before life had gotten the best of him and worn him out, even Carl had a big dream. He used to be a dreamer. And maybe for some of you, you used to be a dreamer too. Let's take a look. to let you see something I have never shown to another human being ever in my life you will have to swear you will not tell anyone cross your heart do it my adventure book you know him (gasps) Charles Munz explorer when I get big I'm going where he's going South America. It's like America, but south. Want to know where I'm going to live? Paradise Falls. A land lost in time. I ripped this right out of a library book. (gasps) I'm going to move my clubhouse there and park it right next to the falls. Who knows what lives up there? And once I get there, well... I'm saving these pages for all the adventures I'm going to have. Only, I just don't know how I'm going to get to Paradise Falls. That's it! You can take us there in a blimp! Swear you'll take us! Cross your heart! Cross it! Cross your heart! Good, you promised. No backing out. Well, see you tomorrow, kid. very much. I like you. Would you believe it that adventure is out there? It's just for kids, right? What if it wasn't just for kids? 
And for some of you, when you think about your childhood memories and what things you hid under a blanket in your fort and dreamed about doing, what your big adventure was going to be in life, you just throw it under the rug and say, that's just for kids. But what, as you're thinking about that right now, what, what is it that you wanted to be when you grew up? And you're thinking about that. What if it wasn't so much about whatever profession you wanted to be, And what if it was more about what that said about your heart? Maybe you're not meant to be a world-famous pilot, but what if God's put a sense of adventure in you? What if you were not maybe meant to be a professional basketball player, like me, but you were meant to lead a great team? What is it about the dreams that God has put on your heart as a child that says something much deeper about you of eternal significance? And I want to ask you two questions today. One, do you believe that there is a dream giver? And secondly, do you believe that he's still speaking to you? That that voice of innocence and adventure that you heard as a child... Do you believe that he's still speaking? Do you believe that it's possible to get your heart back? Even those of you that are way, way, way on in your life, and maybe you're saying, I'm not young, but I'm young at heart. Would you believe that in our scripture today, the character Moses also met the dream giver? And if you remember Moses, he's at the burning bush, and God says, lead my people out of Israel. And Moses says, no, I don't think I can do it. That, that dream seems too big. The dream seems overwhelming, and most dreams do, because they're meant for you and God. It's more than you can do by yourself. And in our scripture that we heard today, you might have noticed that that baby's life, Moses' life, started with abandonment. His life started with pain and brokenness, and maybe some of you can relate. His, he got ditched and by his mom, and he went floating down the river. But yet his name, Moses, sounds like the Hebrew word to be drawn out. To be drawn out. And I want you to know today that your pain is not wasted. There is nothing in your life, there's nothing that's happened in your life that God is going to waste. Just like he did in Moses' life. For so many of us, we we started with so much promise and so much innocence. And you say, I can do this, but somewhere along the line... Well, life got the best of you. And so in the end, as we enter into this series on the Dream Giver, my heart is that you would not go through life, that you would not go through an entire lifetime without ever asking the one that created you, what am I here for? God, what are the desires that you have truly placed on my heart? And as I was thinking about this today, I think the best way to kind of summarize this and the best way to illustrate it is... With this little fine piece of architecture here. And uh, ask me, John, what is that? John, what is this? That is an Olympic-sized balance beam. Just say, oh, yeah, sure, okay, good, yeah, okay, good. So that's an Olympic-sized balance beam. And uh, I, I sometimes believe that as we go through our lives and we start out, we're eager to go. And we start out, and if this balance beam from, from beginning to end marks our entire life... You may forget everything that I said today, but I want you to think about how are you going to live your days? If this is the start, 
if this was childhood, if this was innocence, and if that's the end, if that's the legacy that I'm going to leave, what sort of legacy are you going to leave in your life today? Having big dreams is not just childish, it's how am I going to spend my days? And I think a lot of us, we think back to those times in our lives and we say, oh, my parents were divorced. And I, I actually never knew my father. I've been strung out so many times I can't remember. I, I've spent some time in jail. I struggle with lust. And all those around me have either passed away or left me, and I'm feeling rather lonely today. And time after time again, life just kind of starts to beat at you, and so that eager, young little child in you that started off so earnestly, suddenly you say, you know what, I don't want to experience that anymore. I don't want to feel that pain anymore. I've put my heart out there, and it's been hurt. I've tried to love, and it hasn't been reciprocated. So you know what, I'm just going to play it safe, and I'm just going to stay ordinary and i'm going to stay in the land of familiar and i'm just going to stay safe and you know what instead of doing my routine on the balance beam i think a better way of spending life is just kind of like this and i don't ever really want to get hurt again and so i'm just gonna stay right here and i'm just gonna kind of slowly move through life and i'm not ever gonna really risk anything for god and i think i'll just be a church attender and i'll just go and i'll just get what i need and maybe i'll do a bible study because i feel guilty and i'll say a few prayers because that's what we're supposed to do and 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 i'll I'll go to church once in a while and i just don't want to risk anything for god because i've been hurt before it's just a little bit too risky and we our our biggest hope in our lives becomes god i just hope that i die in my sleep and that it's just nice and calm and that at some point i'll go to heaven and, and as I'm dying, as I'm passing away, I can just slowly get off the balance beam. And as I stand before the judge, I'll say, Ta-da! Didn't you like my routine? What is the judge supposed to do? What is the judge supposed to do with that kind of life? Can you imagine if you would have been watching the Olympics, you know, a U.S. gymnast, Sean Johnson's up here, and she gets off the balance beam, and she just kind of waddles, and she just straddles the balance beam for about three minutes, and she gets off, and she looks at all the judges, the international judges, and says, ta-da, I get the gold medal, right? What is the judge supposed to do? I don't want to live like that. And I wonder if today... Maybe that's you, and you're just holding on for dear life. And I think that today is the day that God says to every single one of us, stand up. Stand up and become the man or woman of God that you were born to be. Do the routine you were created to do and don't let anyone tell you differently. What is the judge supposed to do? I pray that he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant, because you didn't play it safe. 
because you didn't go through the motions. And today the dream giver looks you in the eyes and he says it's time to stand up. And he says, realize that the times that you have been on the beam, and some of you are saying, I have fallen off that beam so many times, I don't want to get back on again. I've fallen off so many times, but do you believe that every single time you've fallen off, he's been there to catch you? And that today he's holding you. And he says, I have given you a heart to feel, and I've given you a heart to dream. Today, it's time to get your heart back and to move away from crouching and holding on to the beam. And it's time to move from the land of familiar into the land of the dream giver. Into the land of your creator. And see what God has for you then. I want to take some time right now so we don't rush out of here. That's a lot to think about. And if you could, just take out your bulletin. And on the back, there's a little place for notes. And there's pens underneath your chairs. And we're just going to have some music playing. And just for a few minutes, I want you to just reflect a little bit on this. Because this is way more than one day's worth of thinking. And I just want you to write down these two questions. And I want you to think about them a little bit right now. And I want you to take them home and think about them. And carve out some time this week. If you would just write down these two questions. What are the deep desires that God has placed on my heart? And for some of you, you can do it just like that. And for some of you, that's going to be one that you're going to think about for a long, long time. What are the desires that God has placed on my heart? And secondly, where in my life Have I been playing it safe? What areas of my life am I crouched on the beam? Where in my life have I been playing it safe? And so we're just going to listen to a song about God stirring up that fire in us again. And I just want you to take some time to think about that, to not let your mind rush ahead to what's coming, but to just be here, be fully present here right now and ask God, what do you want to say? What do you want to speak into my heart today? One of the incredible things about the dream giver is that whatever God is stirring in our hearts right now doesn't have to stay here today. And more than anything else that I could tell you today is that God's not hiding that dream from you. And over the next month, I pray that none of us would walk out of here without believing that in the core of our heart, that there is a dream giver. His name is the God of the universe. He loves you, and he has put a dream on every single one of our hearts. So let's talk to our Father. Let's pray together. God, we thank you that you are the dream giver. And we thank you that those little notes that we've scribbled down on the paper today are just glimpses of something much bigger that you have in store for every single one of us. God, some of us today are crouched on the beam and we're pretty much decided that this is the way that life is if I could just make it through this week. But God, I pray that you would set us on fire, 
that everything inside of us would be burning because we can't just survive any longer. We want to thrive. We want that abundant life that you promise, God. And it's not always about happiness. It's about joy. It's about something deeper. It's about a joy and a peace that's deeper than our circumstances. And God, I pray that you would give us that spirit of peace today, that you would give us that spirit of joy, that you would speak that into our lives, every single one of us, and that we would share that joy with each other that we have found in you, the dream giver. God, we love you. And I pray that you would set our hearts free today. That if our heart needs a little massaging, God, I pray that you would massage it back to life. That you would wake us up, God, if we've been being complacent, if we've been playing it safe, I pray that you would wake us up and that by your grace, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would send us from this place today with a mission that's bigger than ourselves, that's so much bigger than just playing it safe, a God-sized mission. God, we love you and we thank you for today. And now we just want to sing to you. We want to glorify you. We want to worship you with everything that we are. Jesus, it's in your name that all of us pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.